You're listening to the Open Court Podcast with Jay Young, Bob Huesler, and Joe DeSantis. An all-access pass to Fairfield University men's basketball. We welcome you to Open Court with Jay Young, your information source for Fairfield University basketball. Time to hear from the second-year head coach of the Stags, Jay Young. I'm Bob Huesler, joined by my broadcast partner, the Fairfield Hall of Famer, Joe DeSantis, and also joining us today is the Stag senior and the most recent member of the Fairfield 1000-point club, Asus Cruz. The Stags fell short over the weekend in a couple of games against the preseason number one team in the MAC. That would be Siena. Now they turn the page and get ready for Marist this coming weekend. But uh, we mentioned that we're joined by Jesus Cruz. And Jesus, you're playing very well uh, lately. And this weekend against Siena, very strong off of the bench. 26 points in the two games. Uh, high energy from you. Low turnovers. How much of that has been a physical adjustment, your, your improvement and your surge in recent games? And how much of it has been just getting that, uh, that mindset back together? Um, I just think it's uh, just being out of my head a little bit. So uh, just letting th- the things come to me, letting the game come to me. And I'm um, just going out there, playing my game, not putting too much pressure on myself. Uh, listening to the coaching staff, trying to play with my teammates, and it's—I uh, feel like I do feel like I've been playing better too. So it's—it's it's been working a little bit, I guess. The—the uh, the obvious uh, question for you, based on how the season began, is the adjustment from playing now off of the bench as opposed to the first seven games of the season when you were a starter. I'm sure that there's a big mental aspect to that as well. But how have you been able to handle that adjustment? going from part of the starting five to uh, still being an integral part of this team, but albeit off of the bench now? To be honest, I don't think there's uh, that there's barely, there's not that much difference. I think what coach says there a lot is the only difference is just getting your name called at the beginning. That's about it. Um, I always come ready to play if it's from starting or coming off the bench. And, um, that the same thing happened last year where I started for the beginning first half of the season and then I was coming off the bench and it's to be honest I don't consider it a new role I just think I still have the same role but I'm coming off the bench I gotta give en- off energy and uh, it allows me to see the game how it's, how it's going and how I can affect it uh, once I get in there statistically uh, the thing that jumps off of the page is the first 10 games of the season, your shooting numbers were, uh, were not good. 35% from the field last three games, you're shooting exactly, I believe 50% from the field. Now, part of that is you've reduced your three point attempts. The three point shot was not there for you early in the season, but, but beyond that, what has changed in your game in becoming more efficient offensively? Uh, taking better shots, uh, taking shots I can make. And, uh, it's a make or miss game. Uh, sometimes you're going to have bad nights. I, I had some pretty awful nights that made my percentages look very, very bad. And, um, then now, now I got, got to like regroup myself, get in the gym and, um, I've been taking better shots. I've been listening to the coaching staff 
more. Uh, I've been trying to get my teammates involved a little bit more. So whenever I get in there, um, other opponents are uh, staying with their the shooters on the corners or on the wings, and I could do my, my thing. But um, it's a make or miss game, and I've been making them, and I've been taking better ones, so it's been helping me. Hey, Sus, this um, is really meant as something positive. Um, okay, you're not Tyler Nelson from three, okay, but you're certainly a lot better than what you're shooting from three now. And I want you to tell our listeners what you did in the offseason, what you do now to try and become better at three. I, I think people just assume, and I'm not saying anyone in particular, but people assume like, you're not shooting the ball well from three. Well, you must not be working on it. And we know that that's further from the truth. So tell us what you did in the offseason, what you're doing now, like after practice, before practice, and so on and so forth to get better from the arc. Um, I, be, I, 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 I like being on the gym. I love, I love being on the gym. I love working out. Um, and, this, and the offseason, obviously, that was a big part of – what I was looking to improve on my shooting, and it 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 kind of showed during like in the beginning uh, preseason practice, I was shooting the ball really well, and I was very confident on my three pointer shooting, and I thought I was gonna get off to a great start, and obviously that didn't happen. But uh, I I still get in there, I still shoot, I still I shoot before practice, after practice, and um, to be honest, it's just a thing that you got to keep working on and you can't, um, you got to take better ones. You got to know the time and score. You got to know your um, distance from the defender, dif distance from the hoop. And um, you just got to keep working on it and get, get better ones. And I know they'll, they'll eventually start falling at a better rate. We're uh, joined today by Jesus Cruz. And we're going to be talking with Jesus a little later during the podcast because uh he has a great story to tell, a kid from Carolina, Puerto Rico, who uh, made his way to the United States uh, through uh, first Miami and then prepped here in Connecticut and ended up at Fairfield and is on the verge of uh, getting a degree at Fairfield and maybe sticking around even a little longer beyond his senior year. So we'll talk uh, a lot more with Asus in just a few minutes, but I um, want to bring in the coach of the Stags now and Jay, uh, we'll, we'll keep it simple. Just your overall thoughts as we kick this off, your overall thoughts on the weekend against Siena. All, you know, we all know they're the, they're the team to measure yourself against right now in the MAC. They're the preseason number one. Uh, I know you saw some good things, saw some things you didn't like your overall sense of what the Stags presented to you this, this past weekend. Yeah, uh, Bob, I, I said this before, we're going to have to, uh, play well enough to beat them. And we didn't do that. You know, we, we made too many mistakes, uh, especially on the defensive end uh, in both games to come away with a win. We, you just, if you're going to where we are right now as a team and where they are, if you could try and beat them uh, and try and, and try and win the game, you just can't make the mistakes that we did. We, we, we certainly uh, stuck around. We fought back. I was proud of, we got down in both games and fought. Uh, we had opportunities to make big plays and big moments that we didn't make. But again, I just go back to, you know, in order to pull off a win over a team now that is, you know, the, as you mentioned, the preseason number one team in the conference and the team that's won 13 straight, you just got to have to play better than we did. 
we did not play well enough to win, obviously, uh, and just too many mistakes and, and just, just, you know, again, more disappointed on the way we defended than anything else. Uh, on a scale of one to 10, where is your defense right now? And I'm not just necessarily talking about the games against Siena. I'm talking about, um, you know, up to this point in the season, where do you rate it? But more importantly, where can you get, if you're going to go on that one to 10 scale, the potential for this team right now to get to where you want to be? What, what would that number be as well? Well, it's, it's kind of ironic that you're asking this question because we did like a, because since we're having an inauguration coming up here, I did my own State of the Union address to the team <laughs> yesterday. Uh, and uh, we just showed them what we were last year, what our numbers were, what they are this year, and talked about the decline of what we've, what's happened here defensively and the decline in what's happened over the really the last few weeks uh, because at one point we were defending well. And we talked about the issues that we're having and then we showed them uh, where we could go if we just ended up with similar numbers to what we had last year. So the, the answer is, on a scale of 1 to 10, it's a, it's a 3 right now or a 4, I guess. Maybe a 4 would be grading on a scale. And we needed to get it to a 7 or 8. Um, I thought it was a 7 or 8 last year. And, we need to, and we're capable of it because we've done it in spurts and we've done it in moments. Uh, for whatever reason right now and there, there's several of them uh we've we've kind of lost our swagger on that end of the floor and part of it is you're playing a very very good offensive team that, that, that they have something to do with it too sure. but just a matter of missed assignments and our issues guarding ball screen coverage have been we've had those issues all year um and we've got to correct these things we, we just have to make these corrections and i, I spoke about last year's team we, we've We've done nothing different. We're not teaching any new system. It's this is what we've done, and we just got to do a better job of grasping concepts. And and at, when we do it, and when we have moments of, we show them a lot of positive plays. This is you you play it right. You, this is what how you do it, and these are the results you get. But um, we knew we knew Pickett was going to present some problems in ball screen coverage. He, he's um, so big and physical, and they've got big rollers. But we just we just missed assignments. Um, He's going to get some. I'm well aware of that, but but it was just a matter of we, we let their front court guys just kind of roll unobstructed to the basket, let rollers get behind us. Just mistakes that we we have to just stop making. Uh, and when we do that, we'll be a better defensive team. But that's the long-winded answer. But we we talked about that, showed them all the numbers, exactly where we finished last year defensively and where we are this year. We, we probably had, I don't know, it was a PowerPoint presentation, probably five or six pages of just defensive numbers and uh, – and what we need to do, we need to do a better job of. And that being said, you did see some, you know, some progress offensively. The team seems to be, at least against Siena, in, in good stretches of those games, particularly the second game, saw some offensive uh, sequences that led you to believe that, yeah, that connectivity you talk about at the offensive end, that's starting to happen now. Would you agree with that? Or how much more work do you need no, to do? No, I mean, regard? I mean, the numbers will just tell you that we've improved on our points per possession, uh, especially since Zach and, and uh, Jake became eligible and we're, we're doing better things. We had, I mean, we had 15 turnovers in our two games and, and uh, you know, you got to take that every single night. Uh, what we've got to do is make sure that the offensive improvements um, 
don't detract from what we need to do defensively. And we're not a team that's going to outscore people. We've got to, we've got to grind on the defensive end, like, like we always do. And then, you know, we, we have improved offensively. So I, I, you know, we, we went through yesterday and I asked all the guys and obviously Jesus was there. Just give me one more thing that you could do a better job of defensively that would save us one point. And so I, I just wrote the number of points. It was like, or two points and, and everybody had good answers, you know, whether it was not reaching, not following, being in the right position, uh, not letting the rollers get behind you. And, and then all of a sudden you look up, if everybody just did one less mistake, we now lead the country in, in points allowed in the game. Cause it's, it was like 15 points. So it's not, I tried to explain to him, we don't have to have this, this crazy metamorphosis defensively. We just, everybody's got to make one less mistake again uh, of stuff that we talk about all the time. So until we do that, though, we're going we're gonna to continue to to uh, to give up points, and, and we can't do that. So I'm, hope, I'm hoping the change comes soon. Another thing that's been a constant theme, and I know you must be tired talking about it, and you did a much better job of it in game two against Siena, but in game one, those slow starts, they've been killing you all season long. And, look, I know that if you had the answer to this, the problem would have been solved by now, but – just in terms of a guy who watches so much tape and you break this stuff down and you communicate with your team, are you any closer to answering that question about why the Stags seem to get off to these slow stars in games? No, uh, <laughs> I'm not. Um, you know, and, and uh, this isn't to – you know, I, I said to the guys after game one, we were watching film, and I said, you know, they win the tap. Uh, we come out. And they run a, a simple cross screen that we misplay and they throw it into young who lays the ball up and in. Now we've, we've gone over those play. I mean, if, and they'll, the guys will tell you exactly what they did wrong. And I said, well, this is why you get off the slow starts, you know, like when they win the tap and all they have to do is set a cross screen, throw the ball and now you're down to nothing. And then we get a couple of shots at it. We can't make a shot. And, you know, the next thing we know, uh, they come down and, and they make a tough basket. It's five nothing or four nothing. And we've got to swing first. We've got to be more aggressive offensively. We got to screen better. We got to cut better. Uh, you know, we got to do all those things better. But the answer is no. If if, if I knew why uh, and I knew who to play, I'd certainly do it. We've tried everybody now. I, 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 I said, raise your hand if you haven't started. And I think it was just AJ. Uh, and that might've been it. Now, Jason just became eligible. So, I mean, just became uh, ready to play. So everybody's had a sh chance to start for the most part on the team. Uh, um, and yet we haven't been able to fill, find a combination that has been, has been effective. Of, and we, you know, obviously very frustrating that, that we get off to these slow starts and, but, but the answer is no, I don't have the answer because <laughs> I'd fix it if I did. Absolutely. Yes. As we presumed, um, you know, we had Taj on with this, last week coach on this podcast and he's just been playing exceptionally well, giving you great effort all year long. His numbers uh, and performance were down this weekend against Siena. So were Chris's and he had been in that same kind of a good mode. Is it a matter of, okay, now they're becoming more bold faced on that Siena scanner report this past weekend. And that has something to do with it, or maybe in Taj's case, maybe he just, in a little bit of that mid-season wall. I'm not trying to make excuses, yeah. but what did you say? I, I said to Taj afterwards, like, you know, he's been playing so well, as you alluded to, and he just 
I, I thought he took good shots for the most part. Um, yeah. Couple, couple maybe that you, that you want back, but that's that's every game. I just, you know, like every player, he missed shots, and I just don't want that to affect the other end of the floor. And right. and and I'm even gonna live with some shot selection stuff with, with some. I, I he just got to he has to go down and impact winning other than scoring, and uh, because you got to have nights like that, Chris. Chris, this is you know if Chris is in foul trouble, he plays poorly. That's the, yeah. you know, that's what it is with him. And we took him off the bench and put him on the bench to try and reduce the game from that helped a little bit. Then we put him back in the starting lineup, just trying to get some energy. And, and, but there is, if Chris picks up fouls, it's just been a real, real problem with him this year of getting back in and getting going. And maybe I just got to play him with two fouls, but, I'm, you know, because he, he is a high foul guy, I think the third one's going to come. But that's been the direct correlation with him. If he can stay out of foul trouble, he can stay on the floor, provide some energy. If, as soon as he gets in foul trouble, you know, we, he just can't get any rhythm for whatever reason. And uh, that has been an issue. You know, he picked up two fouls in the second game with, within, I think, two minutes and 30 seconds. Had yeah. a screening, screening foul to start the game, and then we couldn't rebound a ball. He had an and one. So now he's got to go to the bench, and you got that decision to play him with three. But because it's an issue, you think he's going to pick up the third one. But – we got to get him going. I probably got to play him with three fouls because the other solution with him sitting there hasn't worked either. He hasn't, he has not been able to get in any rhythm when he has fouls. Well, we saw Supreme cook come in off of the bench and um, Supreme played well this weekend. And again, we continue to see good flashes from Jan Leach. You know, the old worn out saying coach uh, this time of year, although this year really doesn't qualify as anything normal, but Normally, this time of year, those freshmen become sophomores. Uh, how much closer are those two to getting to the point where now you really see the light starting to go on for them? Yeah, I think both of those guys have had really good moments for us, and it's it's kind of the theme for our team that, that, that they've got to play more consistently, and they're starting to. And I think they're getting a little more comfortable with, the, with our offense and a little more comfortable with the defensive stuff. Um, but we just, you know, like all of our guys, it's got to be a more consistent thing day in, day out. And, and, you know, the, the problem, and I said, again, there's the guys just, the problem, especially some of it, it's easier in the, in the backcourt than the frontcourt. There's certain things I really like that Supreme gives us. There's certain things I really like that Zach gives us. There's certain things I really like that Chris gives us. There's certain things I like that Chef gives us but you got to be two way players to stay on the floor. And it's difficult right. for me. Like sometimes I want Zach in there for the flow of offense and because of his ability. To, and sometimes I like, uh, you know, obviously uh, Supreme does a little better job scoring at the post, but we got to get these guys to be two way players and, and, you know, and, and me to feel more comfortable to just play them in different stretches and in different parts of the game. It also puts a lot of pressure on you in terms of substitution patterns, doesn't it? I know, uh, I think I noticed over the weekend, uh, there was a lot of in and out over the weekend. You're, you know, this is, this is a coaching uh, challenge for you as well. I don't mean in a bad way. It's just, you, you are trying to find those right combinations and uh, that does require a lot of button pushing, doesn't it? It does. When, when, when nobody's grabbed a spot, um, it just becomes very difficult and you're going with feel and, and a lot of it is matchups, you know, who can you cover down the other end? So it, it is difficult. Um, but you, you know, someone's, um, you know, I, I tell these guys all the time that, that it, it just makes it easier on me if someone grabs the spot 
and 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 it's yours and and there's no question about it but when you know there's inconsistent play from a lot of people you could i mean uh everybody could go around the room i said and tell me who should be starting in the front court and who should be starting and i could i, I would agree with all of you uh um that's that's really where we're at because of some of the lack of consistency and you know again that's on me i gotta do a better job coaching there's no question about it. Uh, we're better than what we're what our record is, but that's what we are. We're a two and eleven team till we change it. Jay, um, this past weekend, other than um, Jesus playing well, scoring and dishing the ball off, I was impressed um, watching the games with the Wojcik offensively. Here's a kid who um, very easy to assume that he's going to come in and just be a three point shooter. Well, he didn't make a three this weekend. Still right. managed to score like 29 points in two games, was 12 for 24, seven assists, two turnovers. So you have to be pleased with his play offensively. Yeah, uh, I was. Uh, we got – he needs to make uh, – unfortunately, the way – he needs to make a couple threes and, and needs to do a better job on getting some separation on those threes. But he's very unselfish. Um, when teams run at him, he's got the ability to – put the ball down on the floor and make another play. He had a you know great pass to Jesus for a layup when guys kind of ran around him. And he, he's, he's done a really good job for us uh, offensively and, and, you know, needs to go down the other end of the floor and do the same job he's doing for us on offense. He needs to do on defense, but he certainly has given us a lift from the offensive standpoint and has improved our spacing uh, as, as Jalen and, and when, when guys, when you put out multiple guys who can make threes and Taj, you know, it makes it easier guy for a guy like Jesus to drive and, and to make some plays. So yeah, no, Jake did a very good job for us this weekend. Good to see him getting more comfortable and hopefully that'll, that'll continue. Well, coach as a means of bringing Jesus back into uh, the flow of our conversation here, I'll let you set it up by talking about your feelings about him now you're coaching him for uh, the second season. And this year, uh, as we just mentioned, uh, you now you use him off of the bench and he's been performing for you off of the bench. Talk a little bit to us about Jesus and his development for you in the two years you've had him and the kind of player that he has been for you. Yeah, Jesus has been a warrior for us. And, you know, I say this all the time, guys like him and Taj and Calvin, uh, who I did not recruit have been nothing but great and, and have bought in and, you know, he's, Jesus has, uh, his game has developed. Uh, he's the, one of the most more unique guys I've ever coached with his offensive game. I, I always, and I mean, this as a compliment and I've told Jesus is he's the guy that walks into the YMCA at noon with black socks on and drops 45 on you, you know, like he's just got <laughs> that type of game. Uh, and the three point shooting, uh, you know, like, like to me, he, I don't. Jesus is on the high end of guys who work, uh, who work on their craft, uh, and he was 100 percent accurate. And I think I've said this on the podcast. There was like a two week period where Jesus just shot the cover off the thing in practice. I mean, just and we were, and for whatever reason, that is not translated to the game. And I'm, I tell him the same thing, Jesus. I don't care what the numbers say. If your feet are set and you got time and space. And obviously, you know, time, uh, uh, time and score obviously go into it. Take trees. You can take them. You're working on them. You make them in practice. You make them. It's, it's, you got to see the ball go in a couple times. Uh, you know, I just don't want you taking bad ones. And, and obviously, when you're shooting a low percentage, time and score does come into it. So he's been good with that. But the best development of, of his game, Joe mentioned it. I've been, I mentioned it last week, is 
he's facilitated now and really done a good job when he's driving uh, to get guys open shots. I think he was eight and one the weekend before and, and f- like five and two this weekend, just the turnovers. I don't, I don't know if I have the numbers exactly, but has really helped uh, our guys on the perimeter because he draws so much attention to his drives that, that uh, he's done a really good job with that. So that's the part of the game that, that I actually like the best. And um, he's done a really good job for us in that regard. Well, I've got the numbers for you. Um, Jesus, over the first seven games of the season, you were averaging two and a half turnovers per game. Over the last six games, you're averaging 0.6%. You are basically at half a turnover per game. So uh, you've responded to the uh, the coaching and you definitely answered the call in that regard. And as I mentioned, we wanted to uh, bring you in and talk a little bit about your story. And, um, you know, Joe and I, and I know Coach, uh, we're all baseball fans, and uh, you're from Carolina, Puerto Rico. And when uh, when we see the, the name Carolina, Puerto Rico, you think of one person. That's Roberto Clemente. And when you think of Puerto Rico and athletes, you think of baseball, baseball first. Now, basketball is very popular down in Puerto Rico. There have been great players to come out of Puerto Rico, but um, that would be how I would start it off with you. Why basketball over baseball? Or were you a baseball player? Is that also one of your sports when you're a kid? Um, basketball is my dad played basketball, so um, I was probably two, three, and uh, Santa Claus in quotations brought me a uh, Fisher Price goal, a Fisher Price basket, and I started playing there and. Um, my dad took me to the community club to play basketball and I've been playing basketball since I was four. And by the time I was like eight, nine, 10, I told dad, dad, well, I can't, can I play baseball too? Like, I want to give baseball a shot. And uh, he didn't let me, he used to play baseball and he didn't let me. He was like, no, nah, stick with basketball. I think you got a good thing going on with basketball. Um, I wasn't as focused when I was 10. I, I liked it a lot, but, I was like, well, I don't want to th- try basketball. I wanted to try soccer. I wanted to try different things. But um, now nah, I'm pretty. I'm pretty glad that he made me stay uh, stick with basketball. But yeah, I'm a big baseball fan too. Uh, uh, tell Coach us, Jones, Coach Jones, pretty. Uh, I know he likes that. I'm a Red Sox fan, so that's probably oh, why I, I get a couple I, of min- more, more minutes. That's worth at least two more minutes per game. <laughs> yeah. We will. At least. We will. We won't bring Joe's opinion into this. Uh, I think most of our listeners know that Joe is about as big a Yankee fan as there is. And uh, I happen to be the National League uh, New York fan. So I, I actually, I'll reveal my age. I I watched Roberto Clemente in Shea Stadium in the 1960s. So uh, uh, he was obviously one of the greats. And I think Joe knows the answer to this question. The late and great Roberto Clemente ended his career with 3,000 hits. Joe, who did he get his 3,000 hit off of? No idea. John Matlack of the Mets. Oh, okay. The, Number 32. And, and then, of course, the, uh, the, the tragedy uh, for the great humanitarian Roberto Clemente. So uh, your father, though, was a basketball player, Jesus. Would, uh, tell us a little about him. Again, his name, for those who don't know, and uh, what was his basketball background? Uh, my, dad, uh, my dad's name is Andres. That's my middle name. So Andres Cruz, um, my dad is, uh, he used to play a lot of uh, Masters Leagues. Um, 
He played semi-pro. He never got the chance to play professionally. But uh, my dad, my, uh, Coach Young would have loved to coach my dad. My dad was a high-energy guy, crashed the boards, defend on the post, um, will fight. He, tell, he always tell me that uh, wherever he plays and they'll get into a brawl, he'll always tell his teammate, <laughs> I'm going to swing on him, and when I catch him, you separate us. So, so, he doesn't get to hit me. so uh, yeah, my dad I, I would like, used to I would say like that. that guy. <laughs> but, yeah, um, now nah, my dad's a really cool guy. He's the most influential guy in my, in my life. And, uh, yeah, I got pretty lucky with, uh, with the dad lottery. That's great. That's, a, that's as high a compliment as a son can, can give his father. Um, any other basketball influences in Puerto Rico? Um, I'm trying to think. Alvin Lee, who's you know, Albert Lee. Help me, Joe. I'm messing up the uh, the Marquette star from Puerto Rico. Butch uh, Lee. Butch, Butch Lee. Jeez, yeah. I named musicians yeah. there. I just named two musicians instead of uh, Butch Lee. Uh, Ubilis from Siena was uh, from Puerto Rico. JJ uh, Barea. I'm naming these names, butchering some of them. But any basketball influences beyond your father on the island of Puerto Rico for you? Um, my coaches, I played up with, with a lot of good coaches. Uh, I think it's, it has helped me, uh, understanding the game, uh, a little bit more than other guys. Um, the national team, the FIBA aspect has helped me a little bit too. And, uh, you mentioned Butch. I actually, uh, I know Butch since I was like 10 years old because, uh, he's been, he runs, um, through the Puerto Rican courts looking for uh, young talent. And uh, he noticed me like at 10 years old. And this summer, um, he's a father of Matthew Lee, a point guard on St. Peter. So this this summer, we right. got in, in the gym together. And he helped me a little bit with my jump shot. He was uh, giving me tips. I wish I could have picked his brain up a little sooner because I left like a week after we, we got in the gym together. So I couldn't work on the tips. It's like a really... It's, it's a hard transition to like work on your jump shot like that and so close to the season. So, but I know Bush Lee, um, me and him talk. Um, and yeah, I, I got a lot of good coaches. Um, the national team was great. And uh, now Puerto Rico has definitely helped me with my basketball um, thing, my basketball life. Hey, Sue, uh, Butch was, was my era. Matter of fact, you know, um, I have um, done a lot of cleaning the house in this pandemic, came up with a bunch of newspaper articles, him and I on the New York City All City team, like pictures of us like together. So I don't know if he'd remember me, but if you ever talk to him, tell him. Um, I'm just curious, did you ever get a chance, your, your family, to, to see you play at Fairfield or on the road? Or did they come up at all in, in obviously when situations were normal? Uh, yeah, they actually, they came um Every year, so freshman year, sophomore year, junior year, and it's it's funny because every time they come, they watch either two games or one game. Every time they come, I have over twenty points. It's crazy. I would you guys have to move over here, but um, yeah, they always try to come. This this year, unfortunately, they couldn't because of uh, the circumstances and the pandemic and all that. But um, yeah, they always. They always come. They always watch the games. They call me every day. I'm very connected with my family. It's it's a great thing. I hate to bring up a, a, a bad thing that happened down on your island three years ago, Jesus, but 
Uh, how has your family and your town recovered from that terrible uh, hurricane, Hurricane Maria? I know there was a lot of concern at the time. So now three years beyond that, how has the recovery gone? And, and how did everybody in your personal situation come through all that? Uh, on the personal aspect of like my family, I always say, like, when they ask me this, uh, they were the lucky ones. My, my mom and my dad and my, like, my community, my neighbors, they were the lucky ones. Uh, there was... They were they got um, phone service like two days, three days after. It was it was very quick, so I wasn't worried about their uh, their well being. I knew they were good. Um, they probably got power back like three weeks a month. Some people had to wait six months, seven months. So the the island took it pretty pretty bad. It was uh, it was a stressing time. I remember I was a freshman preseason. And I was uh, concerned about getting playing time. Oh, oh my God, I'm uh, at a D1 school. I want to play good. And this thing happens and like kind of derailed my mind a little bit. But my family was certainly the lucky ones. And um, the island the island wasn't as lucky as my family. But um, they, we Puerto Ricans are known for being um, fighters um, and uh, resilient, and that's what we've done. We come back, and uh, we we're in we're in decent shape after the hurricane. I'll say that's excellent news. We're glad to hear that, especially uh, from a personal standpoint, Jesus. That you and your family came through that uh, in relatively good shape, and uh, here you are now in Connecticut, a senior at Fairfield. Uh, what a what is your major Fairfield? Uh, we know that you want to play professional basketball someday and we're all sure you will, and you'll make some money doing that. But beyond that, what are your career aspirations? Uh, well, I'm a communications major. And uh, to be honest, I know, I know he, uh, I know it seems like a very stressing job, but I want to be a, I want to be a coach. I want to do what Coach Young does. Um, I love basketball. I came into college not knowing what I wanted to do, really. I always say, oh, I want to be a, like a physical trainer. I want to do, I want to be a businessman. And I, once I stepped in as a freshman, I saw the dynamic of being on a college Division One program on the coaching staff and how the, their word translate to players and like all those, the basketball schemes and all the practices and all that, watching film. And I was like, yeah, I want to be a coach. And um, with my incoming uh, freshman class, there was a lot of us, about seven of us. And um, I seen that I was a little bit ahead of them on the basketball IQ-wise and, like, understanding things. I was like, oh, I think I could be a coach. And um, I think I'm pretty outgoing. I uh, express myself well. So I think that's, that's the career path I want to take um, after – the, the ball stops bouncing. So, yeah. Co Coach Young, how much uh, does uh, Jesus have in his DNA, in your opinion, as far as his coaching aspirations are concerned? He's, uh, well, uh, I hope he has some playing left before he wants to coach. So I hope he's got a couple <laughs> of years left before, before he, 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 he does that. But, uh, Jesus has got a great IQ for the game. He, he's one of these guys um, that you could – I could play him. I could go out right now and give him the ball at the point guard position, he, and he would know the sets, what to run from that position. He would know 
what to do if you put him at the two. He'd know what to do if you and, – and some guys, even point guards, will as soon as you move them over the two and you run a set, they get confused. Jesus got a really good feel, which helps him. He can play multiple possessions for, for different uh, spots on the floor, what everybody should be doing, even though he may never have played that position. So I think – I've told him that all the time. He's got a great IQ for that stuff. We can – we can drop a play anywhere and put him anywhere and he's going to execute the play. So he's, he, he's, uh, I'm, I'm agreeing with him there. I don't, you know, if he wants to be poor for a lot of years and, and lose his hair, like I had, <laughs> right. I, I certainly, right, Joe? Certainly uh, absolutely. I certainly uh, recommend it. Hey, Seuss, I, I got a couple for you. We're um, just curious games over it's uh, afternoon game and uh, you got a few dollars in your pocket. Where's your go-to place to go eat? Oh, Fairfield got great places. Um, <laughs> me and uh, Caleb, me and Caleb Green have been uh, killing Mecca lately. We've gone like four times the past two weeks. We got to stop. It's, it's an addiction. <laughs> Mecca is a great place. I like Flipside. I like um, Senor Salsa. Um, there's, a, there's a lot Fair, of great places. Downtown Fairfield is really nice. It's really uh, yeah, grown. They, they, I was cool. They got great plays. They're they're a little bit uh, uh, expensive, but Absolutely. um, yeah, but yeah, they got great places. Mecca, I'll say Mecca is my favorite one. Mecca, good. Bob, I got one more before we leave. Um, uh, before we leave, Jesus, any thought to what you want to do next year? I asked Todd this question when he was on last week. You thinking about staying? Uh, wh- what are you thinking about? How you handling that? Uh, Joe, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I'm on a very uh in the present type of guy okay. uh, to be honest I haven't thought about it at all everybody asks me I was like I haven't thought about it I haven't thought about it I'm uh I live very in the moment uh probably when the season ends whenever that time comes I'll start thinking about it I'll talk to um people that have helped me get to here to my family I'll talk to coach Young, to the coaches and they'll make they'll they'll let me um make the right decision, the best decision for me, the best decision for the program. So uh, I'm not worried about it at all. That's why I haven't thought about it. So I'm just very in the present, very in the season. And yeah. Good answer. Hey, Seuss, uh, you're an impressive young man. And uh, we could go on probably a lot longer with you and talk about your story. But our excellent producer, Ryan Moynihan, is giving us the uh, we better wrap it up sign. But I wanted to put you on the spot now. And uh, usually I ask Jay this question, Coach Young. Uh, I'll ask you, what can you tell us about Marist? Have you studied the scouting report yet? Uh, can you give us an, any, uh, an early indication of the things that Fairfield has to do this well, uh, do well this week in, in Poughkeepsie against Marist to come away with a couple of wins? Um, Marist, Marist, Marist. They got a lot of, a lot of new guys. Um, they got a lot of capable guys. It's not like a – they, they don't have a go-to guy, so they have a lot of capable guys. Uh, Coach uh, Casey, he's doing a scout. He already told us they're the leading three-point uh, attempts, uh, field goal attempts team in the in the conference. So we have to defend the three. Um, they 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 are good defensively. Coach Dunn over there, he has a reputation for having great uh, good defensive team. So. Uh, but it's about us, like Coach John always says. About us is about how we come to play, how ready we are, how tough we are, and um, we're very excited to go there. I like I like playing in that gym. 
Um, last two years we've gone there, we've won. So I, I'm hoping that uh, we're hoping and we're believing that uh, that's going to be the same the same result. So we're very excited for this weekend. And, um, yeah, that's, that's about it. That's all nice. I got for the scouting report. Can't give well, that's plenty. Much. That's good stuff, Asus. Uh, as I said, uh, you're very impressive. Uh, Coach, I don't know how much more you could add to that. Any other uh, little uh, housekeeping items, anything that we didn't touch upon, uh, the usual stuff, injuries, and and uh, the Jason Edipai update, how much closer is he to uh, getting maybe more minutes as he gets into a uh, basketball shape? Yeah, uh, he, the, probably the same update. He, I could put him in a game. We, we threw him in the last couple minutes of, of Siena. Uh, his, his minutes will be – you know, direct, uh, direct correlation of, of the trust he starts to build and practice every day as he gets more reps and, and, uh, in better shape. That's, that's really it with him, but he's, he's good to go. And, and, uh, you know, he's been playing well in practice. It's just a matter of he's behind those other guys from, because of the lack of time that, mm-hmm. uh, the, the immense of, uh, amount of time that he, that he did miss. Right. Joe, anything else from you? No, good. Good to go. Thank you. Uh, I also want to let our listeners know, because, uh, Joe, you have a lot of fans out there, that everything is good with you. For those who don't know, Joe wasn't with us this past weekend on the broadcast because his uh, beautiful grandson, all of two years old, came down with COVID. And uh, so Joe had to go on protocol. But, Joe, you take it from there. Everything is really good news from here, isn't it? Yeah, there's not one single person in my family or uh, my grandson's family, my son and my daughter-in-law that – even remotely sick. So, uh, I don't know. I don't know the deal. Uh, my grandson's fine. We're good. I had a test Sunday, a rapid test, uh, negative, And I had a test this morning. Uh, unfortunately protocols keeping me away from some of my broadcasts, but the best uh, thing I did was, um, be safe rather than sorry. So, uh, but I'm good. Good to go. Good news. Uh, hopefully, uh, well, we know we'll have you back at the end of the month when the Stags come back to play Canisius at Alumni Hall. Hey, Seuss, thanks very much for your time today. Really appreciate it. Best of luck going forward. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Go Stags. I want to uh, happy birthday to Jalen Leach, my, my freshman, my rook. I want to tell him happy birthday. Nice, nice. Uh, is that today? Today we're talking to you on uh, January 12th. Is, uh, is it's today. All right. Yeah, I like sir. It. Take it. Well take done. him to Mecca. <laughs> oh, I got to do that. Yeah. Just keep the alcohol out of his mouth. <laughs> I texted. I texted Jalen today and said, "Yeah, he could take the day off from practice today." Um, yeah, right. <laughs> well, we're we're off we're off today because of the change of schedule. So that's why I, I, <laughs> I, got I knew there had to be a a punchline coming there. Yeah. Jay, thanks as always for the time. Thank you, guys. It is Jay Young's podcast. It's called Open Court, and we'll do it again next week. And believe it or not, we're already at the midpoint of the MAC season. We'll talk about the games that the Stags have coming up in Poughkeepsie, and then we'll preview the return to Alumni Hall for those games against Canisius when we reach you again on Open Court with Jay Young. So that'll do it for this edition for the coach, Jay Young, and for Jesus Cruz, for our great producer, Ryan Moynihan, and the Fairfield Hall of Famer, Joe DeSantis. I'm Bob Eisler. Thanks for listening to Open Court with Jay Young. The Open Court Podcast is a presentation of Fairfield University Athletics. 
For future podcasts, videos, news, stats, and coverage of Fairfield Stags men's basketball, log on to fairfieldstags.com.